0: Well, hey people. Thanks for tuning in Sunday Coffee this morning. The first day of November, the 40th anniversary of State beating Alabama 6 to 3. I got a text message from Tyrone Keys first thing this morning. Tyrone and I have become pen pals. That is I had
1: not realized that. Yes, I knew it was coming up, but that is today. Well, it felt a little bit different 40 years ago. Didn't though. On a Sunday morning than we do now. Uh boy. Didn't expect to beat Alabama that year, but thought you had a team that could compete with them. Didn't expect to beat Alabama last night, but hoped we could compete with them, but we we didn't.
0: Just looking at the stats and thinking back to last night, we ended up with 200 total yards, right right on the dot, 200 yards. 163 passing. We ended up with 37 rushing last night. Alabama had 499 yards. I thought... We didn't go away Um, from a standpoint of, well, the first half was just so bad. We were down 24 to nothing. We had one first down, and we played one play over the minimum. We had all three and outs with the exception of a first down run by Jaquavius Marks. He got 20 yards on a first down play, the first play that Will Rogers came into the game, and then that was the only first down. That was the only play above the minimum we had in the first half. I didn't think – I mean – I didn't know what to expect. I thought Alabama this year was as good or is as good as any team that Alabama's had from an offensive standpoint in a long, long time. Have they been as good on the defensive side? No, they have not. They're mortal. They are. They are. But I didn't ins- I didn't expect what we saw last night in the first half.
1: No, you go back and you look. The longest you held the ball on offense was two minutes and 16 seconds. And – you know, we felt pretty good about the way the defense is played, but before this season started, we knew. I mean, look, we've got guys playing over there last night whose names most people who were even devoted Mississippi State fans don't know. How many times have we talked about Colin Duncan on the show? And they went after him in a hurry. Oh, boy.
0: And that was one of the things. You lose Peters for the year with you know with the injury last week, and it was almost like – Nick Saban and Steve Sarkeesian were like, "Okay, we're gonna we're gonna go deep. Nobody's really taking these guys to task deep this year. We haven't given up deep balls, but it was they took it upon themselves. Hey, we're gonna go deep. We are going to go deep.
1: And now that I mentioned him, let me say this about Duncan. You know, they went at him early. Had a couple of pass interference calls. I thought he really improved once he got his legs under him.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And Alabama got some matchups last night. You know, Devontae Smith on a safety is is not a good matchup." You know, we brought a corner blitz. I mean, that, that gives you the reason and good awareness from Max Smith to, to see that, that blitz coming, which would have been from his backside – I don't think Mac Smith made that play.
1: Mac Jones, however,
0: did. Well, I mean Smith Jones. I mean it's it's all in the same. They're
1: all generic. Yeah, generic Alabama quarterback.
0: F- five letters in their last name. That's right. I've already tried to forget last night, and I forgot about Mac Jones. Well, you know that's what's interesting. When
1: we got here and started hooking everything up this morning, I was trying to think back about what do you say about last night, and I don't remember. It was a mindset. <laughs> it was a mindset for me. Um, I mean, it's. It's a lot of the same thing on
0: offense, which is throw short, get tackled in a hurry. I will say this, late in the game, and we talked about this leading up to the game this past weekend, about two years ago going over there, we didn't do anything on offense. It was very similar, kind of, you know, to, to what you saw in the game. And Alabama's better offensively right now than there were two years ago. So it was almost like we saw the same game, the same script just took right back over. All right, so think about that.
1: We talked about a couple of years ago, you go over there, and you said you want to see your team continue to fight. Jeffrey Simmons and those guys have that goal line stand, and you still lose 24 to nothing. It was still futile, but at least we could come back and say, hey, we were still fighting. You know, I get it. It was second team Alabama offense, that kind of thing, but we had a goal line stand. Now, the problem was on offense, we just gave it right back to them. And it yeah, we threw a pick. Four points. But I thought our defense, look, you, it's real easy to look at the scoreboard and say, we gave up 41. I did not get the sense that our defense laid down and quit. I thought they kept playing.
0: No, not at all. And I thought the the offensive line at times last night was better. I, I thought – and I know Alabama was rushing three. Sometimes they would rush four. But I, I didn't feel like it was more of the jailbreak that we saw against Texas a and M. I I thought the quarterbacks had a little bit more time to throw last night. So, that was the positive. Um, Will Rogers coming in after KJ Costello takes the knee to the head, and let me tell you this: if 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 you're, you're relishing in the fact that we had a quarterback change last night in that way, I, I've got no, I've got nothing to say to you. I mean, I have no patience for you to be honest with you. But you know, the freshman White Rogers comes in. You know, twelve months ago he's throwing that against Pearl. You know, he's throwing across his body. Those are things he's gonna, he's going to learn as, you know, as a freshman and he's going to be a freshman again next year. Yeah, and
1: you go back. Here's the thing about Will Rogers. He has some talent. He has he's a little more mobile, a little more elusive. I think he's got the ability to run the football more. We saw him run it for a first down once last night and, you know, that was a good thing to see. I think he can use that part of his game more. But there's just going to be a whole lot of on the job learning out of him. You know, it, it, the SEC And the history of this league is not filled with guys coming in as true freshmen and tearing it up. And so it's kind of like a mulligan year. He's going to get to play, and then he gets to come back next year. And I think experience is a big deal because, you know, as a quarterback, you look and you see that throw, and you've made it your whole life. You've been able to gun it in there and hit the receiver, but you just haven't been making that throw against Alabama's secondary. It's a different animal. And I think the only way to learn is to do it
0: looking back as far as you know we we talk about scheme we thought think about you know how you get better i'm telling you man the, the the short crossing routes and i know that's a huge part of this offense but running that against the eight you know the eight man dropping back as a wide receiver you got to give our guys credit i mean we're not we're not dropping balls because we're here, you know footsteps behind us but they're getting popped pretty good i i'm just wondering you know where the adjustments are made from seeing a zone to seeing a man. Because those are the crossing routes that work so well against man-to-man defense. But against zone, the guys are catching passes and getting popped.
1: Don't you feel like the answer at some point comes in you just have to take the top off the defense? That you're just going to have to connect on a throw or two? You know, we had that deep throw to Osiris Mitchell late in the game yesterday that was – just out of his reach. Don't you feel like, really, if you're going to open it up, you got to just hit a couple of those?
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, because those guys are just selling in. I mean, keeping everything in front. And Vanderbilt's going to try to do the same thing against us this week. I mean, you look at their completion percentage last night, and they threw for a little over 300 yards against Ole Miss. And we'll talk about the Vanderbilt game later on. But – you know, th- that's what teams are doing. They're just dropping back and letting everything happen in front of them because I'd like to know the percentage of the passes that we have thrown over the last three to four weeks to the guys that are the crossing route guys in the the shortest distance.
1: Yeah, and then when you're not doing that, you're throwing it to the back, you know, short. They just have not – now, I did – I will say this. I thought Rodgers in the second half attempted – I don't want to say down the field. That's a little bit of an exaggeration, but – So many of these passes have been four yards past the line of scrimmage. I thought Rodgers was at least trying to throw it 10 and 12 at at spots. Now, a couple of them went the other way. Well, I guess one of them went the other way. The other interception was a ball in the end zone, and we'll talk about 50-50 balls. But I thought that we were at least trying to make some throws a little farther down the field.
0: Just talk about fifty-fifty balls, and I, I don't want to. I'm not going to pile on anybody at all, because I think everybody shares the blame in in how the offenses playing. And Mike Leach even said in the post game, he says, "Hey, I'll take a lot of blame too." He's not blaming just the players. I mean, he's putting a lot of blame on himself as well. And I think that's one of the things that you know, teaching a team a new offense pretty much on the fly, and you know, going forward. The quarterbacks and the wide receivers looking at that zone, looking at how teams are defending them, it seemed like last night we weren't on the same page a few times. If you're throwing for space, if you're looking for space, if you're a wide receiver that's looking for a seam and you're a quarterback that's looking for a seam, last night we were not on the same page more times than we've seen earlier in the year.
1: Yeah, and I know – a lot of times when I'm watching games as a fan, sometimes I remember there was a throw that Costello made last night. I was thinking, God, what a terrible throw. It wasn't even close. Well, it wasn't even close because the receiver went inside. He thought he was going outside. When Rodgers came in the ball game, there was an issue apparently where he was going through a couple of checks and our receivers just weren't on the same page and understanding what the play was being changed to, and you could see the effects of that. That's just going to be experience. That's going to be learning how you – how you check at the line of scrimmage on the road, with, you know. Not that, look, you weren't playing in front of a packed house or anything, but it's still a different animal, you know, to go on the road and try to change a play. And it's a different animal, too, to try to figure out what play to change into when Nick Saban's the guy on the other sideline.
0: And I, I don't want to come across I'm, – I'm not making excuses. Last night was bad. I mean, it was, it was bad. And I don't – I don't want to come across as you know being the Pollyanna. Hey, this is all going to work out. I, I think it will. I hope it will. I, I, w- I want it to.
1: No, that's what's interesting, Bart. Because if people could be in the car with us as we <laughs> ride back from these games, they would not confuse us with uh, <laughs> with sunshine pumpers at all. I mean, look, we're like anybody else. I I, I don't like waking up on a Sunday morning after we just got beat and not beat when I mean, we got embarrassed we last did night and I don't like coming over here and trying to talk about it. but at the same time you know we had the idea of doing these Sunday morning shows after we beat LSU and we were feeling pretty good about things and all of a sudden in our head we're about to be four and one and <laughs> four and O's we go to Alabama hashtag we believe and but you know what if you're going to do it in the good times I think you got to do it in the bad and so for me I'm not making excuses. It's bad. It's not good. But at the same time, you do try to search for reasons, and you try to search for ways that can be better.
0: I thought you were going to blame me again. You're always blaming me about how the seasons turned out, just because I was so arrogant after the first win. Oh man! So the post
1: game after was it after LSU? It or was. You made fun of Ole Miss.
0: I made fun of Ole Miss. I made fun of. I made fun of everybody. I made fun of LSU. I'm it, still
1: blaming that bandwagon.
0: <laughs> you're off the hook. that i'm
1: blaming that where is
0: that thing at? that <laughs> thing is stuck in, a, in the river <laughs> it's in a closet somewhere <laughs> and it's not coming out no, sir. at all I, going back to the point how's bo pelini that guy's making 2.3 million dollars bo pelini after after seeing the first half of the year and i don't want to change the subject here <laughs> but there's a guy who has been awful
1: I mean, he's been awful. You want to blame somebody for our high expectations? Blame that guy because I was settled in with the idea that we were going to win two or three games this year until Bo Pelini came along and let us set an SEC record for passing. You look at what we have done. If I'm Ed Orgeron, well, Ed apparently has his mind on other things. We'll leave that aside <laughs> based on social media. But What are you talking about? Yeah. Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't mean to bring that up. Yeah, we'll let that one go. Um, yeah, we'll <laughs> let that one go. Uh, but so, but, but if you're an LSU fan, let's take it from that approach, and you look at what Mississippi State's done you know, on offense the past four weeks, you've got to be wondering if some guy who was the fifth caller to the morning show on a Tuesday couldn't have done a better job of preparing a defense. That's just – LSU is bad, bad, bad defensively, and they're paying a lot of money for it.
0: So look at us, you know, where we thought we would be compared to where we are right now. Is, is that the reason? Is that the reason that right now hurts so much is because we saw guys wearing maroon uniforms and maroon helmets that first week of the season, zipping the ball up and down the field, looking like we were Texas Tech, and we thought, Oh my goodness! It's here. All of our. It's ours. We all went to work that week, and we were like, "Uh huh, we're in the money now, baby." And then to to see it kind of crash. I mean, is is that the reason the crash has been as bad from a from a mental standpoint?
1: Yeah, I think it's interesting because you say, "Where did you expect to be?" And it really measure, really matters how many weeks back you go, because if you go back to the day after the LSU game. In my head, I was saying big things. Well, I was like, hey, the air raid works in the SEC, and hey, we're going to have a big year. You know, if you took me back the week before, I
0: honestly, I thought we'd be at about two wins right now. But the reason you would have thought that is because what's on the defensive side. And every week we get in here and we say the same thing about Zach Arnett. We just do so much – we're so much better. We're well coached on defense. And what I mean by well-coached is a lot of times it's not making – it's that shortstop that makes all the routine plays and occasionally makes the great play. You want to make the routine plays. And what's the routine plays in football? Tackling. We don't have many missed tackles. How I mean, You go back the past
1: few years, and I would just be screaming, tackle, lock up, don't go in there with your shoulder. You just haven't – it's one of those things that doesn't jump out as much because – it's one of those things. Like on an offensive line, you notice when they miss the block, not when they make them. Defenses, you tend to notice when they miss the tackle, not when they make it. But now that you bring that up, I go back and I don't remember getting upset about our tackling.
0: Okay, going back to the point too of you know getting you know players in the system, and this is not a knock on our current guys. I don't want to sound like that, but. Isn't the premise of a good offense is to get one-on-one matchups in the middle of the field? And a lot of times we haven't won the one-on-one matchups from either a wide receiver position and sometimes a running back position as well. We haven't broken the tackle. We haven't won the 50-50 ball. I mean, isn't, isn't that the, the big thing? We're kind of getting the one-on-ones every now and then, but we're not you know, m- making hay at all with the one-on-one matchups. Yeah, I guess I would
1: add to that one thing, though. On offense, it always seems like our receivers are covered by two guys. Doesn't it seem like everywhere you look, there's an extra guy Well, hey, if they there. got
0: eight of them back, there covering <laughs> four.
1: <laughs> I guess it helps. They, in fact, are covered by two guys. Um, no, but you go back and you think, I don't know that these things would change outcome of games, but they would certainly change how we feel about where we are. We've had two balls intercepted in the end zone that you feel like maybe we shouldn't have thrown it, but once it was thrown, our receiver had a chance to make the play, and they just didn't. They, they let it be taken away from them by the other team. Two balls just ripped out, basically, by the defender. And, it, again, probably not outcome-determinative, but it certainly changes how you feel about where you are.
0: I think officiating is what killed us last night. Oh, Clearly. I mean, I th- I thought if we'd have gotten one good call in the first half, <laughs> you know, hey, I, I, I was listening it to it. changes everything. Absolutely, I was listening to a post game show a couple of weeks ago, and it was you know, it was random. I can't remember who it was. It was Virginia or somebody, man. And I mean, that's one of the great things about the world today. You pop on TuneIn Radio, and <clears throat> you can listen to anybody. And it was a thirty point game, and the first thing right out of the gate on the post game show was man, we got hosed on that call in the second quarter. And I'm like, man, you got to be by 30. Officiate didn't have anything to do with it. Well, it did not have anything to do with the outcome, but
1: there was some bad officiating again last night at times. And, and maybe just some calls that I don't understand. I'll give you, for example, on the Malik Heath play, caught it, didn't catch it. I get the debate about whether he controlled it through the ground, those kind of things.
0: But what about the helmet-to-helmet contact? Yeah. Why Why is that not even talked about? None. And I think a lot, too, is is trying to figure out the difference in the pro game and the college game, because I don't think Sean McDonough and Todd Blackledge knew last night exactly what carrying it through the tackle. In the NFL, that ball hits the ground. That isn't, that's an incomplete pass. Yes. In college football, he had control when he went out of bounds. He had control of the football. And so it goes to review. here. Here's my thing, okay? And – I'm I'm not a conspiracy theorist. I promise you, I'm not. I try to play that part in you know in text conversations, but I'm not. Do I think someone is sitting you know in a re- review booth in Birmingham saying, "Hey, this is Alabama now. We got to make sure," or "This is Auburn. Got to make sure." No, I don't think that happens. But it's it's the perception right now. You remember back when they had replay officials at every spot in every game. It was one de- dedicated review official per game, and you didn't have the conspiracy thought right now that you do with, hey, we're going to have some guy help in Birmingham help the officials out at the field. You look at Auburn. Auburn has really gotten some big-time calls this year, and any time it happens to Alabama, the other 12 schools in the league are sitting there saying Alabama and Auburn are getting it right because the command center is an hour down the road. Wouldn't it just be better for the league from a standpoint of just optics, of just moving that command center to Charlotte to the SEC network and say, hey, we're going to go back to Charlotte and look outside the SEC footprint and just say, okay, we're talking to our review people in Charlotte because it doesn't give the perception. The perception is the killer right here that we're going to go an hour down the road and the guy who's sitting in the command center, who's going to have, that guy's going to have lunch with his Alabama buddies on, on Monday. And they're going to say, boy, i tell you what, (laughs) you made a good call there now. It's just about the perception. And sometimes perception is reality.
1: Well, I think it would certainly help things if it were to move outside the footprint. I think, uh, now, my conspiracy theory mind, all they do is have the guys drive from Birmingham to Charlotte every Saturday to go man the command center. But you don't know that. But, yeah. But, you know, it doesn't take a conspiracy necessarily, though, to realize that there's a problem, okay? So uh, what I will say to you is it doesn't matter whether there's a conspiracy, and I'm not going to get into debating the conscious decision versus the unconscious kind of influence and bias that we all carry with us. I'm going to leave all that aside. Forget conspiracy. There is a competency issue, and there is a transparency issue. Look, I'm not in the business of...
0: They created a Twitter account for you, Charlie.
1: Yeah, and then (laughs) promptly went away from it. Here's my thing. I'm not in the business of trying to advocate for the University of Mississippi, but I will say this. They got cheated out of a win. Cheated may be too strong of a word. Due to a breakdown somewhere... Maybe it's Lane Kiffin's unwillingness to call a timeout to give more time for a review. Maybe it's the review officials not saying, oh, boy, we need to take a look at this. But we all saw TVs are good enough now. We got enough camera angles. We all saw that the Auburn guy touched that football. Should have been an old miss touchdown.
0: And the Auburn guy threw a lateral against Arkansas.
1: Yeah, and so and it's not yeah, it goes on and you repeat these things. And at some point, you know, we just gotta do a better job of getting it right. And I think the thing I think back about football. I think about basketball. Official coaches, rather, go into their press conference and they say something about it, and they're going to get fined. But but coaches go, and as a result of these officiating decisions, sometimes they lose games, and they're going to deal with the consequences of that very publicly. One of the things that whatever happens in reviewing SEC officials, who knows? Who knows in basketball what happens? Because it's all handled privately. There's just not enough willingness to come out and say we messed it up.
0: Well, it's like you know, Major League Baseball. I mean, hey, we're going to handle this appropriately, and then Angel Hernandez is right back out there umpiring.
1: He's, well, he's been there forever, and he's consistently terrible. Now, look, let me let me be fair. I wouldn't be a college official, no, for anything. I would be. Terrible at it, horrible. But what I'm saying is, one thing I think I could do a decent job of is grabbing a bucket of popcorn, a cup of coffee, and a big screen TV and saying, Yeah, he touched it, reversed. Yeah, I just don't understand because I think being an on the field official is incredibly hard. The game is moving so fast, there's so much noise, there's so many things going on, and I'm telling you, I would be awful but I can't excuse the guys in the replay booth because they're kicked back. They're propped up. They got all the snacks they want, you know, bathrooms right across the hall. They're all comfortable.
0: I I think, I think what's happened is, is the officials on the field know that somebody else is watching. And so now the question becomes, what do I let go? What do I not let go? And then, Hey, I'm just going to let it play out, and that guy's watching, and you know the eyes are going to tell us what's what's going to happen. And that guy's going out for a cup of coffee, and he comes back, and you know, all everything's broken <laughs> loose. Paying the dominoes guy at the door. <laughs> well, the trick or treater
1: came, but no, I think that you know when we break it all down, that was clearly uh, the reason uh, that we didn't win yesterday.
0: Your kids are older now; you don't get to trick or treat anymore. No, I don't, but I. I still candy right now. I'm in the candy stealing stealing phase. Last night I was on a sugar high. Kids got home. I got home at what eleven thirty when we went, we went off the air.
1: Well, I needed. I, I avoided the sugar, but I needed a lot of caffeine because I was kind of punch drunk by the end of that uh, ball game yesterday. I just felt like it was just, just bad, bad, bad.
0: So the you want to be a post game radio guy? Yeah,
1: it sounded great at the time. I think. Ultimately, most rational people went into watching that game yesterday knowing we were going to get beat. I think the thing that leaves you frustrated today is you just didn't compete offensively. Again, credit to the defense. I know they gave up a lot of yards, but they were on the field the whole game.
0: Do you think Mike Leach is going to get it figured out? I'm just going to ask just the the point-blank question – and I don't want to put you on the spot. Because here's, here's where I'm going with this. Mike Leach is going to be your football coach. I mean, it's not a situation of if, if, we lose, if we lose out that, you know, that we're going to have this massive change again. We're not. I mean, Mike Leach is your football coach. Mike Leach is going to recruit his style of players to this program. And going forward, where do you think we are?
1: That's a good question. Let me say this. Number one, if I had to say something negative about Mike Leach, it would be something I say about a lot of football coaches all the way down to the high school level. They're hard-headed. You know, they, they have their style, they have their system, they believe in it, and it's what they're going to do. But you could say that about any coach who's ever been here. But here's the other thing about Mike Leach. He's not dumb and he doesn't want to lose. you okay. <laughs> And so you start to think that this can be figured out. And, again, I go back to something we said earlier. Our defense is fine. Look, Alabama scored 41. Alabama scored more than that on most people all year. It, it happens. The issue is offense. And if there's one thing that you ought to be able to figure out, you, you've got to think that's it.
0: Okay, Vandy, this week.
1: Can I, let me add one thing, please. The other thing is this, a lot of people are saying, well, you know, we're not making changes, but we really are. You had a guy playing at right tackle yesterday. We tried something else there. So we're trying different personnel. We run the ball more than people think we do. You know, we ran it nine times with Marks last night. You ran it with Johnson. You ran it with Weatherspoon. So, and you had some kind of mixed success there at times, It's not as if, you know, you go back a couple of times last night, we came out running the ball. And so it's not as if we aren't trying some different things. But here is my question to you. You put one on me. Let me ask you this one. What is the best system for a team that doesn't block well, run well, catch well, or throw well? Because, I mean, that's where where we are. It's not the (laughs) (laughs) wishbone. I mean, it all does. not It does. not You know, we get so caught up in scheme. But doesn't it all go back to this question? Can you block? Can you throw? Can you catch? Can you run?
0: Can you tackle? We're doing that. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with that. And so going forward to this week, I mean, what do you want to see against Vandy? I mean, if we come out and win 12-7, to are you going to feel any better? I mean, what's the score going to take? Is it going to be 50-10? to I mean, where are you going to feel better? I want to win. I just want to win a game. It's not going to be like Troy, I think, in 2002, where we won like 12 to 7, and Kevin Fant got hurt. <laughs> now, that would make me feel bad. Yeah, you know, Kevin Fant got hurt. He was, uh, you ever heard that story about Kevin Fant late in the game? Really, we could have taken a knee and gotten out of there. And Sparky Woods was the offensive coordinator. He was in the booth, he had already left. I was spotting the game for Mr. C. And Sparky is, is in the elevator going down, and he gets down and realizes his quarterback's been hurt and absolutely lost his mind because we didn't take a knee. You don't remember that? I know you try to I, – I,
1: I was living in Dallas at the time, and I am more than certain that I had tuned that one out. Because, you know, back then you couldn't just get every game at home.
0: You were listening to the Cowboys pre pregame show. Uh, no,
1: I had to go to a – God, there was a barbecue place like Damon's, like a rib place. I had to go there to watch State play. And so, yeah, over on 75, I think it was. It may not be the name of it. There was a, a place that we had to go to watch the game. My friend Calvin Hull and I would watch them together. Because you couldn't now. You, you know Calvin? I didn't
0: realize you knew Calvin. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He's in the construction business, isn't
1: he? Oh, no, no. Different guy.
0: Uh, okay. All right. Hey, it's not like people don't understand how great they got it right now. When you start talking about baseball, i have got a buddy of mine Liz lives in Meridian now, Brian Temple. And Brian used to live in uh, in Memphis, and he was like, Hey, I had to drive to DeSoto County, drive up to the top of a hill just to listen to a Mississippi State baseball game. I mean, guys would do that. They would they would go where they could listen to a game. And now you can watch it sucker on your phone. So I remember
1: last year But you get to watch us. Was it two years ago we we're playing South Carolina, we have the power outage. Yeah. And, you know, my son, who's now a college freshman, is just losing his mind because we don't have a way to watch the game. We periscoped it. And and I'm thinking, that's right, you broke out your phone. But I'm thinking, man, when I was a kid, we got one football game a year on TV if we were lucky. You know, it was like. Bob Neal, man. Buy a VCR. We're going to get to watch one. The old
0: Bob Neal days, Dave's dad. Oh, yeah.
1: Yep. It's been a while. The old uh, Jefferson Pilot. Yes, sir. Yeah, so I guess we got away from your question, which was, what do you want to see? I think. What I want to see is an offense that's moving up and down the field. I want to see a team on offense that looks like it's having fun. I'm not going to put a number on it, but I want to see what I saw against LSU. I want to see us moving. That's asking a lot. Well, it is, but look, Vanderbilt is as close to a scrimmage game as you were going to get. Uh, I'm talking about a scrimmage against your twos. What Alabama did to Mississippi State last night – Is Vanderbilt's average performance defensively? They allow essentially 500 yards a game, 499. And so, yes, I'm asking a lot if that's what it takes. I don't care how good a coach Derek Mason is. I don't care if they drop eight. I don't care if they drop 10. The bottom line is we have got to be able to, we didn't have better athletes in Alabama. They were just better than us in some places, man on man. There's nothing you can do about that. That will not be the case next week. And I think it will tell us a lot about where we are in terms of scheme or whether it's talent or all these things if we can't dominate them.
0: All right, we've got our regular show coming up on Thursday. And thanks again again to our fine folks at WFCA French Camp 107.9. Carrying that show and putting it on about a third of the state of Mississippi and, of course, our great sponsors – and the Farm Bureau, Cannon Ford of Starkville, and Country Pleasing Sausage. Have you eaten that uh, maple that I brought to you? I would
1: if you would bring it from your house to me.
0: Yeah, I've still got it in my fridge. See,
1: you've gotten it all the way to Starkville. You just got, haven't gotten it.
0: And you would think that would be the easiest leg of the whole trip. One would think. I got it from Florence to Starkville, but <laughs> just from my house, which is literally.
1: <laughs> it's kind of like the marathon, they say, the. Uh, First twenty six miles are easy. It's the point two that kills you.
0: Yeah, this is less than point two. I think to my house from right here. I bring you. I got to bring you that sausage. I'm going to go home and cook some. All right. Before we go,
1: I want to know what what what's your feeling. You you've been putting it on me. What what's
0: your feeling about where we are? To me, the most dangerous thing is apathy. Okay, the the most dangerous thing in in anything period is apathy, and I don't have that at all. Last night I was. Aggravated. I was really aggravated. I didn't expect to win the game. I was, I was aggravated because, and like a lot of people, I mean, I didn't expect, you know, it, it to it to not have anything positive happen as far as from a yardage standpoint. I thought there were some positive things that happened in that game. I thought, I go back to our line, but I was frustrated. I mean, I was frustrated, like a lot of people are. I, I guarantee you, walk over in that football office; they were frustrated too. And you know, going forward. You, know, you got Vanderbilt. You've got Auburn. That Auburn game is crazy. How that Auburn game has gone back and forth in our minds all year long. About <laughs> that's that's going to be a loss. Hey, that's could be a win. That could that's going to be a loss. I mean, and so just something to give you some semblance of, of positivity. Here's here's the thing. I think our defense with its scheme and the way those guys have bought in. We're playing some young guys over there too now. Um, I think a lot of it depends on Jaquavius Marks, his health. You know, he went down late in the game yesterday. How's he going to be? You know, how's the overall health of the team? I always said, and and you hear coaches talk a lot about, you know, not just losing the Alabama game, but so many teams, if you look at that stat, that, that lose the next week after they played Alabama because they got beat up, you don't want one loss to turn into two. I think that's the positive of playing Vanderbilt this week. Thank goodness. Um, is you're not coming back on a, a tweener game. This is a game you got to win. It's a game you should win. And um, I, I, I keep going back to the point. I'm not a sunshine pumper, and I'm not, uh, you know, the excuse maker right here. But um, I, th- I think this team needs, and I've said it before, I think this team needs a non-conference game. I think this team needs to feel the taste of, of victory. And this is as close as you're going to get.
1: Yeah, I. I think right now I see a team, you know, borrow from golf, you know, we had a we had a pretty rough front nine. And the question is, we've got to start kind of looking down the road a little bit, and you feel a little bit better if we can at least get it together and, you know, play bogey golf on the back.
0: Well, we got the shanks on the front.
1: I mean, we hadn't hit many fairways, we, right? Well,
0: we hit the first fairway. We hit the first fairway. We came out with a birdie. <laughs> we came out with an eagle, and then all of a sudden it's like we got the shanks on hole number two.
1: And so we've just got to find a way to play bogey golf on the way in. And I think you'll feel better. Here's my take. Look, this is a strange year. We don't know week from week whether we're even going to play or not. Let's just hope we play Vanderbilt. Who knows what happens. The bottom line, though, is this. Um, I think we're going to see opportunities for a lot of young guys to get experience. Their eligibility isn't running. They're all going to get it back. Will Rogers is going to be a freshman next year. And I think the experience has to make him better. It's just different playing against Pearl and playing against Alabama. No knock on Pearl. Eat dirt. And that's a, it's the eat dirt game, right? Pearl I think so. Brandon. But I, you, just can't, you just can't do the same things you could get away with in high school, and there's only one way to learn, and that's through experience.
0: All right, before we go, let's talk politics. Tuesday's the election. <laughs> All right, hey, folks. Thursday, we got the, uh, got the, the real live version of uh, Out of Left Field presented by Farm Bureau. Appreciate you listening to us on this uh, Sunday morning, and I hope you and yours have a great rest of the day. Thanks.